0: And uh, I really do believe that something different, something supernatural uh, for many 2022 is going to be taking it to a whole new level. There are going to be things that you experience, things you'll step into, that to this point in your life you have never experienced, you may never have even thought about or contemplated. And as I was sitting there hearing Jamal testify... No doubt, you know, uh, a couple of years back and stuff, these are things that we wouldn't have even, uh, you know, the discussions me and Jamal might have, we wouldn't wouldn't even thought about this happening at this stage, you know, and stuff. But how many of God can just blow up our vision and just show us that there's so much more, there's bigger things ahead. And I think this year what we need to do uh, is we're going to need to aim high because God wants us as a people to plunder Egypt. And we're going to know what that means as we go through. I'm going to read a cutout of an article. I want you to listen to what I'm going to read to you. And this was about the abolishment of slavery in um, Britain. And I want you to read uh, the terms and uh, how this went about in history. And this, you know, Britain's been very, um, very good at uh, hiding elements of uh, its uh, very dodgy history, to say the least, Um, and uh, much better than America. America, people are a bit more, you know, clued up on the timeline of things. Britain is a bit, uh, you know, ambiguous many times because a lot of hidden stuff, a lot of things that happened uh, in Britain and for Britain actually happened away from Britain itself and so a lot of things happened in the islands of the Caribbean and in different areas of the world uh, so many people didn't really know and so I'm going to read you this cut out just a short little cut out of an article that I read and I want you to listen to the figures uh, and listen to the direction of compensation here listen to what the Bible says Bible. Listen to what the article says. (laughs) The Slavery Abolition or Abolition Act of 1833 formally freed 800,000 Africans who were then the legal property of Britain's slave owners. What is less well known is that the same act contained a provision for the financial compensation Drum roll, please! Who's getting the compensation of the owners of those slaves, not the slaves? Compensation for the owners of those slaves by the British taxpayer for the loss of their property. The Compensation Commission was the government gov- government body established to evaluate the claims of the slave owners and administer the distribution of the twenty million pounds remember this is 1833 20 million pounds that the government had set aside to pay them off that sum represented 40% of the total government expenditure for 1834 it is the modern modern equivalent of 16 to 17 billion pounds today the compensation of britain's 46000 slave owners was the largest bailout in British history until the bailout of the banks in 2009, which we all remember quite well. Not only did the slaves receive nothing, very important, not only did the slaves receive nothing, under another clause of the act, they were compelled to provide 45 hours of unpaid labor each week for their former masters for a further four years after their supposed liberation. In effect, the enslaved part, uh, the enslaved, sorry, paid part of the bill for their own manumission. And Sorry for that to sound like uh, an introduction to like a blackish episode or something like that. Um, But it's just uh, history. And so it is what it is. And so uh, one thing that I wanted you to understand and note uh, from that is uh, that the direction of compensation here. Uh, You have people that have been enslaved against their own will. People that have been taken as, uh, uh, as items to be traded. These are people who had very real lives, had families. And uh, they are taken against their will and traded on the market like any other commodity or stock uh, or whatever you want to call it. People's uh, uh, lives, they would be valued and how much they would be worth on the market. And then, when it comes to the end of this uh, horrific trade, when it comes to uh, uh, you know taking action and 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 getting rid of the whole slave trader, uh, what we're finding is the compensation didn't go to the slaves who needed the compensation who had been uh, uprooted against their own will. The compensation uh, went in the direction of the slave owners. Not only that, the article explained that for four years. Part of that act, there was a clause in there that for four years, uh, those slaves would be working uh, for free. They would effectively continue their slavery, uh, although it was supposed to be abolished by that time, uh, continue 45 hours of unpaid labor each week. Now, listen, for some of us applying for jobs, uh, 45 hours, you look at, man, that's a bit much. Uh, I was looking for 35 uh, and we're getting paid and complain. Can you imagine uh, being told you're going to have to give 45 hours of your week uh, and uh, work for someone for free? On top of that, to provide for their families, imagine they would have to take on other work as well because they need to provide for their own families now. And so you've got people in that in that short period of time right after slavery, many people died of starvation, many people died of sicknesses, they couldn't find help, medical help, they'd be working 80, 90 hours a week as you can imagine, working themselves to the bone. Why? Because they're working for free for their ex-masters and now they're working their own jobs trying to provide for their households. Now, in the scripture we're going to read, we're going to read about God's people being delivered from slavery. And I'm glad to report to you today that God has a different approach to this whole slavery issue. That what we've seen over the years and and governments and wicked men that have put laws and things in places, and God has a different opinion about that. And God says to us today, when I set you free from slavery, I'm not just letting you free empty-handed. He says, I'm going to cause it to be so that when my people are set free from slavery, they are going to plunder. Now here is where it gets interesting because uh, the people of Egypt, the people of Israel have only known slavery in Egypt for centuries. They have been born into slavery, their children born into slavery, generation after generation uh, for years have been born into slavery. uh, And God says, I'm going to set you free. I'm sending you a deliverer. Moses is going to come and set you free. Moses is a picture of Jesus Christ who came to set us free. Amen. And we've been delivered from the slavery of sin. But God says on top of all of that, yes, I'm going to lead you out of bondage. I'm going to lead you out of slavery. But don't miss what the Bible's about to tell us. He said, you're going to walk away with your hands full. Exodus 12, verse 33 to 36, and the Egyptians urged the people that they might send them out of the land in haste. For they said, uh, "We shall all be dead." So the people took their dough uh, before uh, it was sorry. So the people took their dough before it was leaven, having their kneading bowls bound up in their clothes on their shoulders. Now the children of Israel had done according to the word of Moses, and they had asked from the Egyptians articles of silver articles of gold and clothing pause there for a second you have to understand slaves are asking their masters for money basically they were about to walk away God's deliver and they're saying give us silver and gold and clothing verse 36 and the Lord had given the people favor someone say favor today in the sight of the Egyptians so that they granted them what they requested They simply asked and it was given to them. And the Bible says, thus they plundered the Egyptians. The first thing we have to understand this afternoon is that you and I, as children of God, have the ability to plunder. We were all in bondage, in sin at one point, thankfully And thank God today we can sit here, saved and born again in our right minds. God has delivered us, set us free. And uh, Jesus said of his disciples in uh, John 17, and he says, you know, he's praying for his disciples. uh, And he says to the Father, he said, they're in the world, uh, but they're not of the world. That's our lives. That's who we are. We're in the world. We operate in the world. We work, uh, we earn our money, we go and we do our thing uh, but we're not of the world we're called to be different why because we've been saved we've been delivered from worldly ways we're not called to live in sin this morning we're talking, uh, us guys, some of the men were in serious manner. Uh, and one of the things we're noticing uh, uh, in this generation, the, uh, the younger generation growing up, uh, they seem to be, it's just so acceptable, it's so normal uh, just to be in sin. It's being made a casual thing. Uh, no one's really fighting sin anymore. Sin doesn't seem to have the same shame that it ought to have associated with it. And people are just finding ways to justify sin uh, instead of fighting temptation and gaining dominion. And so, you know, listen, we're called to be different. We're not called to be like the world. Yes, we are in the world, but we are not of the world. We have been delivered. We've been set free by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that's a wonderful thing. Now, the issue of plundering is funny because when I think of plundering, when I read the scripture and I hear the word plunder. I don't know what, what comes to your mind, but I think of like, you know, pirates or something like that that have gone uh, and they've, they've the, you know, they've uh, come along another ship uh, and they go and they, they kind of, uh, you know, just go and rob all of the stuff on that ship or they go to a land and they rob people. When I think of plundering, that's what I think of. I think of someone stealing uh, uh, money or stealing something uh, from another people. And so I looked up the meaning and the official meaning is to steal goods from a place or person. Typically using force and in a time of war or civil disorder. Another meaning is the violent and dishonest acquisition of property. And I was like, my days, man, this is uh, serious. This sounds like sin to me. You know, plundering, according to the world's definition, sounds like sin. But the Bible tells us that the people of God were able to plunder without sinning. They were able to plunder. Why? Because God has ordained it to be so. God has said, I've set something apart for you. God has said, I'm going to give you favor. And all you're going to need to do is ask and it's going to be given to you. You can plunder and you don't even have to sin. You don't have to break the rules. You don't have to commit no fraud. Uh, You don't need to do no 419s or no dodgy dealings behind the scenes. Uh, He said, I'm going to cause my people uh, when I set them free to plunder. It came through favor from God. They didn't have to sin. The Bible is clear that this was because God had granted them favor. How many know you and I can plunder? You and I can acquire things uh, that maybe, hey, we might look at, I don't even deserve this. Uh, How did this come? You and I can acquire things, uh, and we don't need to sin. We don't need to break the rules. God can just give us favor wherever we're at or in the world, uh, and we can begin to plunder. You know, it's about, you know, that saying, working smarter, not, not harder. You know, some people work so hard. They're laboring every hour under the sun. Uh, They're trying so hard. And, uh, you know, Jamal mentioned in his uh, testimony there, uh, you know, about church and stuff like that. Sometimes you see the extreme. You know, you see people that completely walk away from God completely. And it's like, you know, I'm pursuing money. I'm pursuing wealth and resources. I'm pursuing uh, this and that. And they, they think the answer is I need to just work harder. God says, no, these people... Yes, they've labored over the years and stuff. He said, but in a moment's time, I can pour out a blessing over your life. All I need to do is give you favor with the right people and you need to open your mouth and ask for it and it's going to be given to you. I wonder if through 2022, uh, maybe there's someone here, maybe there's some people here, maybe it's all of us here that God would say uh, that if you would simply open your mouth, if you would simply uh, understand value and worth, uh, and you begin to say, you know what, actually, uh, I'm going to believe God for something. Actually, I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask God. I'm going to ask for favor in my workplace, uh, that if you would open your mouth uh, as God leads you, that God can just pour out a blessing. Over your life, and you're like, My days, I never even thought this was possible. How many know we've got to keep God number one when we plunder? That when God gives us the resources, when God blesses us, gives us favor, whatever it may be, God has to stay number one. We can lose that favor with God if we're not careful that if we start hey it's all me you know it's uh uh, i did this and blah 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 and and we remove god from the picture we can lose the very thing that god has given to us but listen the lesson here beloved is that we need to start asking we need to start asking we need to start speaking in faith Uh, we need to start believing god Uh, never hesitate to have that discussion you know one thing i've realized in the working world is that a lot of people There's a lot of unrealized potential. There's a lot of people that uh, through fear or whatever will never, ever Uh, reach their full potential. They won't uh, climb as high as they could climb. They won't ask for things that they ought to ask for, that they could just uh, push the envelope. If if you're confident that in your work or whatever it is you do, your business, whatever it is that you do, uh, if you're confident you you are adding that kind of value, that it's worth it, you're adding that, you're bringing that to the table, uh, then why not have that conversation? Why not step out and speak? I think sub, almost like subliminally we're we're taught not to speak. We should just be grateful that we have something to do. No, we should be just grateful that oh there's something coming in. Hey, listen, we gotta aim higher than that. We gotta aim higher than that. Listen, in our economy right now, there's options. There's options. You go online, there's options. People are landing jobs that they, they and no business, no business working in. And the reality is for God's people we got to break out of a certain mindset and say you know what could God give me something more this year never hesitate you know i remember one time i was working in um link market services and you know doing investment stuff there and i remember speaking to them at one point and i i um i said this this is what i want <laughs> it's a bit audacious but i said this is what i want money wise right this is the money that i want And I want to study. I want you to pay for me to study because I heard, you know, that some people are getting paid for to study. And so I went there, had that conversation and nothing was forthcoming. Right. Nothing really happened. And, uh, you know, not for that reason, but for other reasons, I actually left the place altogether I left them um, to them they might have thought that's why I left I don't know but I actually left uh, for reasons to do with the church I wanted to give more time to the church and things at that season and so you know I'd left and blah 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 and then it came fast forward I can't remember how many months um, not really relevant but it, it, it came to a point where I needed to pick up work again and so I started working somewhere some of you know this story I started working somewhere and they did a reference check and so they check the reference uh, and they wanted to know my previous employer. And so I'm working in this new place for like a month. And they check the details of my previous employer, call up my old manager and say, you know, we've got Courtney Stewart working here, blah, 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 Give him the spill. And he finds out that I'm working somewhere else. And so he calls me up. He says, forget this, he calls me up and says, okay, let's sit down for coffee. I didn't know you wanted work again, blah, blah, blah. He starts saying, oh, let's sit down. He brings his boss to the table. We sit down, we're having coffee. And I'm sat there, you know, legs folded, feeling kind of, you know, hey, I'm in a position of power now. Let's talk. And so, you know, I haven't even had to speak. They said, hey, this is the money that we want to give you. We'll get you on the studying straight away. You can do your course. And lo and behold, I went back there. I said to this other job, hey, I'm sorry, you did it. You called him, you asked her, and hey, it's not my fault. I said, hey, just, uh, it is what it is. Sir. And I started working there. Lo and behold, you get your study, you get your qualification, earned that good money. And then when it was time to bounce, it's time to bounce. I've learned something in life, right? And you could note this one down, is that I think that sometimes, when it comes, especially when it comes to employers now listen I'm all for you know you if it's the right thing to do you be faithful and you work hard at your job you work your way up the ladder but I think sometimes people have given more loyalty than they would ever receive and it's like you know you you, you feel this kind of sense of obligation like I have to be there it's only right they gave me an opportunity listen if you bounce or whatever they replace you in a week you know what I'm saying if that maybe a day or two you know what I'm saying? It, 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 just the number. And I'm all for, listen, I, I, like my dad, you know, he's a great example of this, uh, worked in a place for years and years, decades, and worked his way up, uh, got qualified. If it's the right thing, then you stick at it. But listen, the moment that you realize, actually, you know what? Nah, listen, believe God. You can step out. You can believe God for better. God can cause you to plunder. And I don't know, 2022 might be your year to plunder. You ever met people that take advantage of kindness? You know, you're just being kind. You're just being that Christian. They they push and push. And, you know, as long as they're satisfying their own agendas, it's all good. You know what I'm saying? And you're the kind person at the workplace. Well, There comes a point when you have to realize you have to know your value and your worth. And you have to know that I'm bringing something substantial to the table here. You know what I'm saying? I can't just say, hey, listen, my God is able to cause me to plunder. I can get what I actually deserve for the work that I'm putting in. And I can tell you story after story, but for time's sake, I'll move on. The second thing we want to consider is plundered money, but with a poverty mindset. Because what happens to the children of Israel is a bit sad because they plunder, like the Bible says in Exodus 12, they come out, they've got the silver and the gold, their pockets are full. You can imagine money bags. They've never seen this before. They're walking differently. You know, when people have money, they walk differently. You know, some people think that that's just their style of walk. No, their pocket's actually heavy, so their leg just leans. You know what I'm saying? Some people they're, they're just lean because it's so heavy. You know, people walk different when they have money. Their, their chest is high. They're looking up. They're no longer looking at the ground, hoping for some change. They're looking up, looking at the horizon. And so this is how the children of Israel are walking out. You know, you see people in, in our church walk like that. And they walk into church They're like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? And so praise God for that. But anyway, they're walking and you get to Exodus 32. And the shocking thing happens. I want you to flick over there, Exodus 32. We're going to read one to four, just four verses. Exodus 32, the Bible says these words. Now, when the people saw that Moses delayed coming down from the mountain, the people gathered together to Aaron and said to him, come make us gods that shall go before us. And as for this Moses, the man who brought us out of the land of Egypt, we don't know what's become of him. And Aaron said to them, break off the golden earrings, which are in the ears of your wives, your sons and your daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people broke off the golden earrings, which are in their ears, and brought them to Aaron. And he received the gold from their hands, and he fashioned it with an engraving tool and made a molded calf. Then they said, this is your God, O Israel, that brought you out of the land of Egypt. Now herein lies the problem, and this is what we see all too often is that God says, I'm gonna deliver you from Egypt. You're no longer slave. You're no longer in bondage. I'm going to give you some stuff. You're gonna have favor. You're gonna plunder. You'll be working some jobs that you ought not to be working at. You're gonna find favor and all of that. You're not gonna be able to explain how this all happened. And your pockets are full. And then you come to a moment, a little bit of impatience. You wanna see some things move a bit faster. You want to see some things in life accelerate a bit quicker. Moses is delaying, coming down, and we're itching. Our hands are itching, and we've got money. That's a problem. Because what they turn to next is idolatry. And they turn around and say, okay, the money that God's given us, where they get this silver and gold and clothing from? They got it all from Egypt. And so the money that God has given us, now we're going to use that Not for the purpose that God intended it to be for, not for the benefit of our homes and our household or whatever. We're going to use this to create an idol. And this is where so many people go wrong and end up going back and even worse than where they started in the first place. God brings them to a place and we get complacent, we get confident, we get, oh yeah, you know, what? it's my stuff, I'll do what I want with it. And before you know it, the very thing that God has given into our hands becomes idolatry. How many know this afternoon that money changes people? Money changes people. We had a quick discussion earlier on about, you know, hey, what would you do if you got a three million, five million or whatever? Hey, listen, some some people are not being honest about what they would do. Some people ain't being honest because if you're honest, it might change you a little bit. Might hey, you might you might turn your back on some people. God forbid that you'd ever turn your back on your family. (laughs) Say, i got money now. I don't need you guys. God forbid that you turn your back on God himself and say, I don't. But when people got money, they have this false sense of security. I know some of you heard this story, but it bears repeating. There's a lot of people that haven't heard the story. So i got one life. So, I, you know, that's it. I remember the back in the days, all right? Just, you know, church churches, trying to love God, serve God. Went out for, uh, we went to go play pool, right? With one other guy that was trying to, you know, we we're trying to work with him. Me and the pastor at the time, we we're trying to work with this guy and trying to, you know, encourage him and stuff. But this guy had money. This guy had stupid money where it's just like, how, why? You know, why of all the people to just get given this kind of money, why him? (laughs) And so, you know, he's never worked a day in his life, dropped out of school way before GCSEs. But his mom was rich and his grandma was rich and just used to give him money for whatever. He used to just spend it on drugs, uh, women, cars, whatever he wanted to do. He's just a lunatic. And so, you know, one time we're out playing pool. And, uh, you know, pastor goes to the bathroom, says, so just me and him. So he comes to me, he says, yeah, this ain't the life, you know. This Christian thing, it ain't the life. He says, hey, man, I can show you a better life. I can show you proper things, girls, money, whatever you want. I can show you a proper life. And I'm looking at this guy, you know, you, you know. And he's like, I can show you things. And I said, no, nah, I'm cool, bro, I'm cool. And he said, no, 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 for real, for real. And I think he realized that I'm not buying, I'm not going to buy it. So he went back and forth a little bit. And then he pulled out like 20 pounds or something like that. And he threw it toward me. And he said, all right, go buy me some peanuts then. From the... Th- <laughs> Listen, you guys know me. You know I'm human. You know I'm a human being. And then I was a lot less saved. <laughs> There was so much. And I think it was just at that moment when I was about to stand up that Pastor Fry had opened the bathroom door. I thought, ah, let me just chill. Let me just relax. Now, I tell you that because fast forward probably about eight years. And I haven't really seen the guy, heard of the guy or anything like that. One time I'm walking out of my workplace. And, you know, it's that same place I was talking about, Link Market Service. So I walk outside and I'm going across the road to go and buy some some chicken as a jerk shop across the road so I'm going to buy some chicken and uh, you know it's just a nice summer's day and I see this same guy same dude and he's outside and someone's just dropped him off in a car and he's got his possessions in bin bags and so as he gets out of the car he sees me and immediately turns around and walks around another street because he see he knows this is an embarrassing moment You know what I'm saying? And so you're looking at something like how the tables are turned. You see, this is why you can't allow money to change you. You can't allow money to gas you up to a point where uh, people are no longer important because you can lose money. And if you lose money, you're going to need people. (laughs) You lose money, you're going to need people around you. And so what happens to a lot of people is they think that, you know, I've touched some money now or 2022, I'm going to touch the money. And, and so, you know, I don't need others. I don't need those around me. Listen, when God gives you the favor and allows you to plunder, please, please, please don't let that change you. Don't let that change your priorities. Don't let that change who's around you. They created idols. Why? Because they've got this money that they haven't experienced before. Now, This is also assisted, not entirely to blame, but it's also assisted by their past. Remember, they've had centuries by this point of slavery. They've never known money. They haven't been taught financial literacy and things like that and how to handle large sums of money. And what we see is even in our day and age in 2022 now, uh, we're seeing that people are, you know, that people take advantage of those who have been, you know, in 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 poverty for their lives and things. And you you look at some churches, quote unquote, um, that are out there and you hear some of the things that go on. You hear some of the, the, the scam, scam nations and things like that, that happen, right? This is what it is, man. You hear things like scam nation and you're like, how do people even go for that? You know, how does that even happen? How do people even fall for that? And you're like, man, what's going on? But people are being taken advantage of many times. People that don't know better. I've seen some documentaries. Heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. And people just think, you know, very trusting. And you know, I don't know what to do. And, 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 and they're looking for guidance, looking for help. And I suppose part of the issue with the people of Israel here is that they're coming from a place. They're coming from a place where they've had nothing for so long. And the moment that someone says, all right, give me your gold and I'll make you an idol. It's like, okay, cool. No one questions it. No one asks a question. No one bats an eyelid. Why? Because, hey, we've never known this before. But listen, I want to encourage someone here today. Your plundering is for a purpose. Your plundering is for a purpose. Now listen to me. God had already chapters before Said that this was going to happen. So we read Exodus 12. I'm going to read you a scripture from Exodus chapter 3. This is when God is preparing Moses to go and deliver Israel out of Egypt. He's preparing Moses and saying, Moses, this is what I want you to do. Uh, Moses is going back and forth. Uh, oh, I don't think I can do it. I'm not the guy. Blah, 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 blah. And God says these words in verse 21 going down. The Bible says, uh, And I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And it shall be when you go that you shall not go empty-handed, but every woman shall ask of her neighbor, namely of her who dwells near her house, uh, articles of silver, articles of gold uh, and clothing, uh, and you shall put them on your sons and daughters, uh, so you shall plunder the Egyptians. God said uh, all the way, when he was working out their deliverance, uh, he said all the way, I'm working out provision for you. Uh, Why? Because I have a purpose for the plunder. This is not just, uh, oh, it's nice to walk away with something. Uh, He said, I've got purpose uh, behind what I'm doing in your life. The favor that I'm giving you, uh, favor that I'm giving to you uh, is for a reason. You and I have to learn how to start asking uh, for this favor and believing by faith. Uh, God, you can move. You can use my life. Uh, I can plunder. I can believe for more. Why? Because God says I have purpose. You and I, like Jamal said in this testimony, we have to have an audacious type of faith that says, you know, hey, I'm going to ask some prayers that I've never prayed before. I'm going to say some things that may have never come from my lips before. And why not? God owns the cattle on a thousand hills if we have our purpose aligned right. This is where this differs from the prosperity gospel movement. If you have the purpose aligned right, your heart and your motive is right, then, hey, listen, if God wills, then so be it. Wonderful. It's a powerful and wonderful asset for you and I to have. But if it's always for selfishness, if it's always just to make us look good, if it's to look down on other people, if it's just to feed our own bellies, then listen, it's not such a good thing. So what's the purpose behind it? One three things I want to say. One is that God said, you know, I want to give you this resource, this money, this, uh, uh, these assets. Why? For you and your family, your household. Listen, like I said in that article, one of the problems of being delivered from slavery is that oftentimes right after being delivered from slavery, you're not really delivered from slavery. You've still got the ripple effects. You've still got the consequences of not owning any property or not having anything or, you know, not being able to give things to your children. And so God looks and sees that if these people are going to make it across the wilderness, get into a new land, then I'm going to need to make provision for them. God says uh, you can have provision for you and your household, for you and your family. My people aren't just going to do freedom. They're going to do freedom well. God is saying that, yeah, you're going to be free from sin. But listen, it's going to be even better than that. I'm going to raise you up. I'm going to bless your life. Second reason is that they can look forward to one day having legacy. That the, the people can look and say, you know, can you imagine those that have their their, their father was a slave? Their grandfather was a slave. Their great grandfather was a slave. All they're, all they're thinking is that my legacy, that's all it's going to be. And, you know, maybe they're in old age and they've been delivered. There's a ray of hope. But what am I handing down to my kids? What am I leaving behind? And God says to that person, I'm going to make up for lost time. I'm going to put something in your hand that you'd have legacy. You've got something to pass down to the next generation. Why can't Christians have things to pass down to the next generation? The Bible says a good man, he lays up things for his children's children. God says it's a good thing for you to lay up things for the generations to come. But the third reason, and what's quite important and very interesting, is that God put resources in their house, in their hands to be a blessing to God's house. And so the Bible says in Exodus 36, verse 2 to 7. Now this is further on in their journeys. So but they've still got the same resources. The Bible says then, Moses called Bezalel and Holiab, every gifted artisan whose whose heart, God had put wisdom, everyone whose heart was stirred to come and do the work. They received from Moses all the offering which the children of Israel brought and the work for the sacrifice, uh, uh, the service of making the sanctuary. And they continued bringing to him freewill offerings every morning. Then all the craftsmen who were doing the work for the sanctuary came each from the work that he was doing and spoke to Moses saying, the people bring much more, more than enough for the service of the work which the Lord commanded us to do. So Moses gave a commandment and they caused it to be proclaimed throughout the camp saying, Let neither man nor woman do any more work for the offering of the sanctuary. And the people were restrained from bringing. And the material that they that they had was sufficient for all the work to be done. Indeed, too much. Herein lies part of the purpose of why God said you're going to walk out of Egypt with some stuff. He said, because further down the road, I'm going to want to set up a house. A house for worship. And you're plundering. Yes, you're going to bless your household. You guys are going to be blessed. You're going to walk away with stuff. You're going to be able to trade and have resources. You're going to be able to pass things down to your kids. You're going to have legacy. You're going to have something you didn't have before. A better future. A better hope for the next generation. But also, you're going to have resources enough to be a blessing to the house of God. And so much that actually it's not going to kill you to be a blessing to the house of God. The Bible says they're willing to give more. And Moses and them guys had to turn around and say, no, we've got enough, it's cool. You know what I'm saying? You guys just enjoy that. You do what you want to do, invest that, you know, do whatever you want to do with that. We've got enough. What a blessing. What a place for the church of God to be in. That the house of God is fully taken care of. Why? Because God gave people favor and said, you're going to plunder Egypt. There are things you're going to walk away with from the world and God says I'm going to put that in your hand for a purpose. Closing thought, can you imagine being in the household that was too afraid to ask of the Egyptians? Can you imagine everyone else has been asking and as as they're walking away from Egypt people are saying hey my neighbor they gave me this, 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 look at all this and you know, your your your, your child tugs, um, Mommy, where's ours?" <laughs> you know, "Daddy, where's ours?" Or you know, as you're walking out, there's a question. Your cousin says, "Hey, what happened to ours?" Oh, you know, I was a little bit afraid. I didn't know if it was the real deal. I didn't know if Moses was pulling that leg. Or you know, I didn't really, I didn't really ask. You know that saying, you know, "Ask, you don't get." Don't get mad at people. Don't get mad when people testify and they're getting blessed. Don't get mad when people say at the beginning of the year, I set out that this is what I'm going to believe God for and God did it. Don't get mad if you didn't ask and you didn't believe God for it and it doesn't come to you. You can't get mad and jealous and envious of other people. What testimony should do and when we speak and, and talk about things, like it should spark faith. It should say, man, if God can do it for this person, that brother, that sister, then God can do it for me. Don't miss the boat. Because I'm telling you, God has something for you uh, this year. Believe God uh, for great things. Without faith, uh, it's impossible to, be- to please him.